everyone, and welcome to We Universe. This is the Internet's comprehensive Wii U podcast. Each and every week, we are playing a randomly selected game from the Wii U North American catalog, and we are pulling the full effects of our creativity to bear for us, and we're making stupid levels out of things that shouldn't exist. And my name's Steve Guntley. Hi, I'm Woody Siskowski. Uh, we are joined by a very special guest today here to talk about our game. Please say hello, special guest. Hi, my name's Aaron. Hi, Hi Aaron. Aaron. Welcome. <laughs> yeah, welcome. You're a Mario Maker addict. Yes, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. Well, you picked a good day to be here because we're playing Super Mario Maker. Oh, Holy yeah. shit. That's what, a yeah, what a coincidence. Playing. It would have really sucked if it was like Captain Toad or something. <laughs> <laughs> the famously terrible game, Captain Toad. Miserable game to play. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we're excited to have you here. We are talking about one of the few like actual bona fide hits on the Wii U like like homegrown born on the Wii U became a big sensation and kind of <laughs> stemmed from there there's only a handful of games that can claim that uh, so I'm excited to get into Raised it in the wild Wii U yeah <laughs> only on organic Wii U. yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah yeah all the right, farm cool. to table yeah. yeah uh yeah so I'm excited to talk about it Super Mario Maker is a the technical term is game creation system, I found out. That's the name for these type of games. Now, uh, what's everybody's experience with these type of games? I'm trying to, like, go way back to, like, some of the earlier times when I first encountered, like, custom levels in a game. There were a couple, like, NES games that had, uh, they were, like, animation studios. It's kind of how I associate it with early early gaming. Like, I remember there was a Looney Tunes animation creator for the NES, which seemed neat, yeah. even though I'm sure it is non-functional. And um, there, of course, uh, I feel like probably Mario Paint is going to be like a lot of people's intro to this kind of thing on um, on a console. Even yeah. though you're not really creating a game in Mario Paint, I do think it scratches a lot of the same itch that Mario Maker does yeah. of like... How can you take these fairly basic tools and create something pretty in depth out of it? Like people would, um, like the Homestar Runner guys, they started by like making in depth animations in Mario Paint and then like filming them on VHS because then you had to erase the whole. Once you made one animation in Mario Paint, you had to erase the whole thing to do right. a new one. Yeah. So they would like film one of them on VHS and then make a new one and then put that after it so it made like a whole an animation I together. Have, I had no idea. Yeah. Like it feels to me like literally just drawing the Homestar characters on pieces of paper and then making a flipbook would be easier than that. Yeah. Yeah. True. Right? Yeah, yeah. It seems like it almost would. I've I've never really been able to get into these types of games, but I always really appreciate that they're there. Like I, I acknowledge it's a failing of my own that I'm not able to get into these games because it's like, I think it's, it's uh, similar to like, if you put a bunch of Legos in front of me ever since I was a kid, it's like my brain would just kind of overload with the possibilities and I'd wind up just making like a door, yeah. you know, yeah. like it's, you, you do something very simple just because you have too many options. I, mean, and, I also, I mean, I will say, I don't know if it's a failing of you, Steve, because I think that a lot of times these games are not, like great they're not it's a lot it feels like a lot i know it's a lot of work to just program something and create yeah. a level but they don't make it fun i do remember actually i had a um i went through a starcraft phase for a while oh making sure. so that was probably the first time i remember i'm like wow these levels that i'm making actually kind of feel like real levels and you could even program or like type in dialogue that characters would have with each other when they got to a specific part 
the StarCraft level creator was incredible, especially because some people made levels like using mods that they could do things that they couldn't do in the actual creator. But like you could make all sorts of really interesting levels. I remember like all sorts of mini games that weren't even similar to StarCraft. Yeah. Complicated StarCraft levels that more resembled normal things. They did like StarCraft soccer. Yeah. 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 Or like there was races. There was a game where like you would have infinitely spawning pieces and you could send them different parts to like battle. Um, I remember when I was a kid, I really wanted an RPG maker. Oh yeah. That game always seemed amazing. In in theory. Yeah. In theory. theory. But like eventually there was an RPG maker and it's nearly impossible to use. At least when I was a kid. I'm so glad that's not just me because I had that RPG maker for PlayStation one and I had all these lofty ideas of this amazing adventure I would make. And then I did not understand a damn thing in that game. Like I did not understand how to make anything work. Yeah, yeah, and I actually remember I had an idea for an RPG, and I did my best to program it into the StarCraft level creator, and made something where like different like units joined you as you went on. Like, it was it was not good, but like sometimes you wanted like an easy to create thing that. You- well, yeah, but like yeah. that just goes to show that what matters is like the quality of the level creation tools, yeah. because like the StarCraft level creator shouldn't be able to create as good of an RPG as something called RPG Maker. Yeah. But the fact that it's so much more intuitive to use means that you're going to go with that instead of the thing that's designed for RPG Maker. And I think what I'm what I'm thinking about here, or if you think about like MOBAs, um, which started as like a Warcraft 3 mod and like League of Legends is like the biggest game in the world. Oh, yeah, we have to point out that League of Legends is literally someone who got really creative on a level for, for Warcraft 3. Oh, is that, yeah, I didn't yeah. even know so that. So Warcraft 3, you know, again, trailing on from, like, those StarCraft creativity, people, like, took a mod for Warcraft 3 and turned it into Defense of the Ancients, um, which became this very popular multiplayer game mode, which then birthed this whole MOBA genre. And so I think that a common thread here amongst, like, game creation software that has really worked and stuck with people is the internet. Yeah. Like, when you're just at home making something on Mario Paint or whatever you have, you're like, this is really cool, but there's not really any way to share it, or I'm, I'm not getting ideas from anywhere else, like... Shared community is what breeds creativity. The internet yeah. is a is a built-in audience to show off your hard work. And so it means that some people out there will put in a ridiculous amount of time because they know that they'll be able to see other people enjoy it. Yeah. And, and it's like a place to get and share ideas. So like if you see, if somebody does something, you're like, oh, that was really cool and creative the way you took it, but I could do it better. And then you're going to build on that. Because, like, RPG creator, let's say it was intuitive. Let's say anyone who was our age at the time figured out how to use it at all or drew their own sprites. You finish your RPG, you save it on your PlayStation 1 memory card. What do you do with it? You bring it over to your friend's house, they're going to play it for an hour and be like, yeah, this is pretty cool. And and, and that's going to be it. I I remember, like, I bought the game specifically because I wanted to enter into this uh, EGM game creator contest that they were doing where you mail in your memory card with the game you made. Oh, cool. And I just couldn't, I couldn't make anything. Like, I just couldn't (laughs) figure out. That was just the, was it sponsored by RPG Maker, that contest? I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, They're just like, we'll get people to buy our game to enter the contest. And then they don't, it doesn't matter what happens Because it just, it sounds like it's always an idea that sounds amazing to me. Uh, But now, Aaron, you're you're kind of the resident Super Mario Maker fan in this room, at least. So when did you get into it? Are you more of a creator, more of an observer? So here's kind of the weird thing about it. Um, 
I have nostalgia for the N64. Like, I remember a lot of the games the that what? you played there. <laughs> oh, no, sorry, ne- never heard of it. No, it's, yeah. it's dead to us. Um, I basically, I was in grad school at the time. I basically missed the entirety of the Wii U. I barely knew that it had happened. I mean, for, for in all Easy fairness, you being in grad school doesn't have anything to do with you missing that it had happened. Many people who weren't in grad school also missed that it happened. Yeah. Some people who were specifically watching it missed that it yeah. happened. There's like a period from like 2012 to 2000. 2016 where i don't know any movies that came okay out. so oh. like i just figured the wii u was part of that like but apparently <laughs> um, it was just that. well let me let me catch up mad max fury road good movie go check oh, it out that was 2017 that was 2015 oh, i win i am the win. movie man okay. well, anyway. <laughs> witness me <laughs> okay i should never have <laughs> um so anyway um i vaguely knew about the wii u because my friend frank had a wii u and mario maker and my brother whenever i visited home had mario maker which he never wanted to play but i always wanted him to play okay. um basically i have no knowledge of any other uh wii u games my brother once brought over to my parents house nintendo land to get us to play mini games on that and i was like wow this is kind of fun yeah that was also our take on Nintendo Land. This is kind of fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like Mario Maker and Nintendo Land are the only Wii U games I had ever played, period. And like, to me, the Wii U was a Mario Maker system. Like, that was the only game on it worth playing, the only game on it worth getting. And and I, of course, never got a Wii U. But what's the other thing that's interesting to me is I have watched hundreds and hundreds of hours of people playing this game online and i still do and that's something really unique for this game especially because you're not like usually a twitch watcher no this is the only game i've ever watched on twitch i originally watched it because i wanted to see what sort of creative levels people could make out of mario and i love especially the original mario and i found somebody who was doing one screen puzzles what they call them just a very complicated puzzle using only one screen and like i got really into those and that just expanded to watching a whole bunch of this but like i've played very little of mario maker one and i've not played any of mario maker two but i feel like i know those games in in and out because you have a Switch, don't you? Yeah. So what is preventing you from getting Mario Maker 2? Is it... Because at this point, and this is weird, and maybe this is a problem with the game in general, I feel like it's more interesting to watch somebody else play these levels than it is to actually play them myself. Like, I, I feel like I can experience them. I mean, you're totally right. So, so we... A quick disclaimer at the top here. Um, Steve's Wii U does not connect to the internet. No. He spent, it, that's just a lost cause. Yeah, it's I actually, not, I, yeah, I, I want to put this yeah. out to the audience too. Write in, uh, if you have CenturyLink and a Wii U, let me know, are you able to connect it? Because apparently that's the issue. It's like the, the whatever, my IP just isn't working with it. But anyway, continue. Yeah, so the end result is we didn't get to play this game on the internet. And we know, like, this game is designed for the internet. But also, the servers are down on this game. As as of March, they're they're down. No, the servers are such that you can not upload any new games, but you can play games that have already been Oh, you still can. Okay, okay. Um, That's how it's right now. So, but we did then watch some videos that Aaron had pointed out to us on YouTube because, like he said, that's part of the experience is seeing how people play these games and what the levels are. And some of them are just outrageously hard. Yeah. And so if I, you know, they're amazing to watch, but you're like, if I had just played this, I would just die within the first 
half a second because there's something you just most of these levels you just start falling through the air right from the start you're not on a platform and so you immediately every time you restart it you're just dead yeah dead and so like you're right it's not fun to play because you just would be playing it for three minutes you'd be like fuck this yeah (laughs) and like but to actually watch someone go through it you're like wow it's amazing the care and attention that was put into this design the same reason like it would it would suck to like train and work really hard to be in the olympics but watching the olympics is great (laughs) i i can i can just eat popcorn and there's there's so much garbage on this game because so many people have made bad levels. Um, but there are good, like we watched uh, Mecha Bowzilla, which is a very creative level where someone invented a ba- uh, a Bowser like mech that chases after Mario made out of just little pieces of things. Yeah, they have the to game. keep finding ways to go inside of this thing to destroy it. It's really cool. And, and like that sort of level is hard to find unless you have the internet that told you, hey, this is a great oh, level. Oh, because here's a, here's a creator that you trust who's sharing it or it has millions of views, so there must be something there. Or there's a streamer who has played it. And that's how you find levels in this game because the level search option is really awful. And so you either play like mountains and mountains of really bad levels or you watch someone playing a creative level and I don't feel like I lost anything from not playing Mecha Bible. Because you, you know how Mario feels and like how those would play. Yeah. And, and having that understanding of the game's mechanics like really emphasizes how impressive it is that people can get through it. So I, I agree with you. Like I, I am not a YouTube guy. I'm not a Twitch guy. I have, I have trouble just sitting down and watching YouTube videos. But I will absolutely watch Mario Maker videos like as I'm going to sleep because they're fascinating. They're very calming and impressive in a weird way kind of you know just just seeing what people come up with and seeing the sheer amount of insane skill needed to get past them is crazy to me yeah it's a it's a cool balance for sure of the different directions that people can take it and i I think it all stem i mean yeah and even though this game for the wii u is to some extent kind of irrelevant at this point because Mario Maker 2 does everything that this game does just with more features yeah. and still has active servers you can upload things on that it did all start here it did like yeah. which so, is which is not nothing let, let me yeah. uh, let me take us back a little bit i want to talk a little bit the, about some the other the far far year of 2015 <laughs> even further back oh. we're going to go back to the very first game creation system oh okay which was 1982's the arcade machine for the apple 2 it came from broderbund and it basically just allows you to make your own version of Galaxians. Okay. If you know Galaxians, it's just a row of alien monsters. And you guess you get to decide which alien monster goes in which row. It's slightly more interesting Space Invaders and slightly less interesting Galaga. Exactly. <laughs> Perfectly put. Yeah. Perfectly put. Yeah, but you can kind of make your own. And it was very basic, but it did kind of establish the template for what this type of game would look like. And that is giving you the tools to make a game without having any kind of development background or knowledge of computer languages or anything like that. There were a lot of early variations on this for early home computers, including War Game Construction Kit, Pinball Construction Kit, and the awesomely titled Gary Kitchen's Game Maker, (laughs) based off of Gary Kitchen. Um, After the release of Excite Bike for the NES in 1986, that's kind of our first real track editor that kind of took off. And then more and more you're seeing elements of this being worked into proper games themselves rather than being standalone game creation games. So like, and they proliferate. We've been talking about Tony Hawk on our uh, Patreon. A lot of Tony Hawk is a pretty amazing level editor. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of creation tools and things like that. Oh, very quick aside. Um, you know, there's a, sometimes there's all these Mandela effects things that have come through on the internet of people remembering something very different than the actual reality. 
I feel like I want to commit one here is uh, Excite Bike being a two player game. Not a two player game. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like most people will remember Excite Bike as a two player game. And then when you actually boot it up and you're like, oh, this game is one player, it's going to throw people for a loop. Aaron gave me a face there. Well, well, granted, I've never played. The only Excite Bike I ever played was on the original Brick Game Boy. Um, So, like, I don't have lots of Excite Bike. It might have been named, like, Motorcycle Rav. I don't know. I don't know. But, like, I don't have a lot of Excite Bike nostalgia. But. I definitely have pictures in my mind of two bikes going next to each other with a one player and a two. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, so the titles that were just kind of standalone game creators became a little more niche. We already talked about RPG Maker, and I think that was from Atlas, uh, and we also got a Fighter Maker I know for which, PS2. It was one for PS1, I think. What yeah, yeah, there was, there was two. That, yeah, I can't, yeah. I can't imagine. That game's got to be such a mess. Like, oh, it's how would you, so If they hard. can't make like a basic top-down like Dragon Warrior style RPG, yeah. how are they going to make a fighting game? And I just want to say that I was so sad when I found Legend of Mana for the first time, which was just remastered. And it on the back of it, it says, and you can put the locations in any place to create your unique story. And I thought, oh, is this like an RPG creator? And it's not. It's a good game. Why yeah. did they remaster it? I thought people hated that game. They hated Legend of Mana is a classic, and it's an incredible game. Oh, okay. Play it. Okay. Um, mm. but it, My understanding was, was that it was bad. It's not. Okay. Um, it's there was a mana like for PS2 or something that was supposed to be bad, I think, right? Secret of Mana, or not Secret, but it, one You're of thinking them. of Legend of Mana. Yeah. Oh, okay, never mind. Um, Legend of Mana is not Secret of Mana, and that was its main problem. Uh, sure. um, its other big problem is it kind of has um, odd load times, and it's a very experimental game. Basically, how it works is that you are given these artifacts and then you place them on a map randomly and they open new towns and you go there and you do different side quests there. And the game is basically 180 side quests that vaguely like link up to each other until you get three distinct storylines that tell you about the world. Okay, so it takes a long time to get anywhere, like story-wise. You feel like you're just wandering around finding random towns, doing random side quests, and not doing anything. And all of a sudden, you realize that you're in an interesting story. Okay. But it's not like... It's it's like an art game. It's not like a game that like you sit down and it's like, this is going to be fun. Enjoy it. It's like, none of this works how you think it's supposed to work. It is really pretty. Every time I look at screenshots for that game, I'm like, man, that was a good looking game. Yeah. But it's... But it is a good game. Okay. Everybody out there. It's yeah, well, the, our Legend of Mana sidetrack. The, the big tipping point for game creation systems, that came in 2006 with Little Big Planet. I think that was kind of one of the bigger games to really, really emphasize but it, but again, on creating your own game. But we're, it was, talking, we're talking consoles here. We're like, talking consoles. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. StarCraft, what, is 97? Yeah, And yeah. so that, that had taken by storm. But. Of course. But again, that was one of those things where... Where the game creation wasn't the point of the game, it was kind That's of just true. a feature. That's a good point. And I think Little Big Planet, you could argue, it does have a fully featured single player mode in Little Little Big Planet. But I think the art, the, the emphasis is on creating your own game. Yes. And uh, simultaneously, Sony made themselves a new little mascot with little old sack boy, who's just a, a cute little burlap man. Uh, and that game was popular. <laughs> maybe he is he's maybe if you take off through. that burlap sack he's just but gonna... both of them creep me out one because meat boy is bleeding everywhere and two because little sack guy probably has a meat boy bleeding everywhere <laughs> either way we know what happened to alex kid he's, he's, he's in there um but i don't know what did you guys think of little big plan have you spent much time with this one 
enjoyed it. Yeah, it was fine. It's cute. Um, it's charming. I think I think the game creation elements of it are a little more convoluted than the ones we see here in this game today. And I could never really get quite as into it, I think, just because the physics of that game are a little floaty. Yeah, the platforming itself is not all that involved. It's, no, no. It's graphical style is also not that different, so I kind of felt like no matter what level I was playing, it all kind of looked brown. And mm-hmm. so, like, I think for a level creator system, you really need a lot of different colors so that things look distinct from each other so that you know what's different about each level. And Little Big Planet, like, every level felt fun. I enjoyed and it also had kind of a it had kind of a 2.5D uh, uh, interface, which made things a little confusing. Like when you were laying out your track, like if you had to you had to do three levels that you were working with. But it was deep, and it, uh, people were you could post all of your creations online for people to play, and that was kind of a big influence on this game. You know, is and, that franchise dead? Ah, uh, I mean, the last one was Little Big Planet three, and then I think there was like a kart racer, and then PS five has a Sackboy game that's okay. just like a platformer. Uh, it doesn't exist, though. <laughs> yeah, PS5, yeah, no, no. Apparently the best-selling system in the world, and no one has one. <laughs> uh, somehow. Like, I've heard rumors that there's this Demon Souls thing, but I think it's just, like, an alternate reality game, like an ad for something. Yeah, that's yeah. True. pretty sure, pretty it, sure. It's a big, it's an AR campaign for Flamin' Hot Cheetos, is the whole PS5. Yeah. So aside from this game today, I would think the other big game creation system that's kind of starting to take off is called Dreams, and that one's for the uh, the Xbox One, uh, and it's just uh, it, it's just basically that it's just a game maker system, and you can do some really intense stuff in it. I don't know anybody who's really messed with Dreams very much. Well, what's like the engine? Is it just very like free open? Like, what is a if you play a Dreams level, is that going to look like Mist? Or Riven, the sequel it's, to Miss. Yeah, it, it looks like Riven. Uh, Doesn't look like Miss. It looks like. Are Riven. those the only games that you can imagine creating? Correct. I can only imagine creating Riven and Mist. Uh, let me see. So yeah, uh, Dreams. It's not currently on Xbox One, or it's uh, oh, it's PS4. Excuse me, it's exclusive PS4, not Xbox. Um, I'm not entirely clear on what this game is, to be honest. Like it, it's. Uh, when you boot it up, there's like a clippy, and it says, what game would you like to make? Yeah. And it says, Mist, Riven, Banjo-Kazooie. <laughs> the big three. <laughs> or Shadow the Hedgehog. That's, that's, your, that's, that's DLC, though. You have to pay extra for that. <laughs> and Shadow the Hedgehog was disappointing. It was just Banjo-Kazooie, but with guns. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. <laughs> Think of how many guns they can carry. Shadow the Bear plus Shadow the Bird. <laughs> All right, let's finally talk about this game today. Super Mario Maker, released September 11th, 2015. Developed and published by Nintendo. Also released on the 3DS. Mad Max was burning up the the movie theater. It just happened in the year 2015. 2015, everyone. Uh, Nintendo. (laughs) Nintendo had been playing around with the idea of a game creation system ever since the early 90s. In fact, that's what Mario Paint started life as Mm. before they realized they had some kind of limitations to what the Super NES could do. And they basically made it just MS Paint plus uh, Music Maker thing. Uh, You know, they they had some interesting stuff in Mario Paint. Um, But Nintendo patented the idea... Hey, I just... Before you badmouth the or just dismiss the interesting stuff in Mario Paint, I got about six trivia rounds out of taking a pop like downloading pop song or Mario Paint versions of pop songs. Oh, I remember and that. And then having people have to name what the song was. <laughs> Those were, so, that was a fun one. Yeah. That was and a to fun be one. fair, Mace the Dark Age started out as a level. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, so they, 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 Nintendo filed a patent for it back in 1994. For the idea of creation. For, for the idea of creation. <laughs> and they sued God. <laughs> and they won. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they, they, basically for the idea of being able to drop in and out of your editor like you do in this game. Like being mm. able to play it and then pause and edit it and tweak it and then jump back in. Got it. Uh, but they never really kind of made that happen. I mean, that's really clever because the cursor that you use while you're creating your level is Mario himself. And so yeah. you'll just sort of drag him along the level, edit what you want, and then you can just click play and he'll just drop directly where he is and you yeah. can go from there. It's perfect. It's such a like a like a practical, like intuitive way of designing. They also I really like how they have little like ribbons that follow him so you can see where his jump was. So you can mm. just put coins where he was jumping or you can put a secret box to bonk him and like have him die. Yeah. Like that stuff's super intuitive in a way that only Nintendo I think could have figured out. So they first debuted footage from this game uh, at the Nintendo World Championship in 2015 and then a few months later they did a promotion with Facebook where they got employees from Facebook as well as a handful of uh, professional game designers to make and submit their own levels and the winning levels would be included in the game. So we have games in, or levels in here designed by Koji Igarashi of Castlevania, by Michelle Ansel of Rayman, by Derek Yu of Spelunky, uh, and just lots of other cool things that uh, people at Facebook came David up with. Ray, the of Dark <laughs> oh, yes, yes, obviously. The, the, one of the greats. What else did he create? Name one of his classic <laughs> games. <laughs> Bio Freaks. Mace the Light Age. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Mace 2 Darker Age. <laughs> <laughs> so Super Mario Maker was sold individually and as a pack-in game with a special Wii U console bundle. And each copy of the game includes this very handsome little 96-page art book slash idea book uh, that you can use to kind of help develop it. Uh, the 3DS version came out in 2016 uh, with pretty much everything intact. It's actually a pretty full-featured little game, uh, and it also adds the ability to share levels via StreetPass if you like doing that. Uh, so, yeah, this is one of the few bona fide homegrown Wii U hits. It's the seventh best-selling game on the system, 4 million units sold, and within a year of its release, there were more than 7 million courses that have been posted online and played more than 600 million times are all right above it can i ask oh i mean a mario kart is uh, certainly above it but i don't know what's breath of the wild one wasn't very good yeah the wii u one was great what are you talking about it was like so there was so much flash there was a lot of flashy junk like like i just want my like simple like black and white regular (laughs) yeah black and white mario kart like in the good old days when you're all driving around in model t's so (laughs) so right above it the the top six on are the top the the six games that grossed higher than super mario maker we got mario kart 8 super mario 3d world new super mario brothers u super smash brothers for wii u nintendo land and splatoon those are the games that were bigger splatoon i didn't splatoon's great that's the i guess that's the other big uh wii u homegrown hit it is yeah and again in a similar way to this it got kind of supplanted by its switch sequel but it is still important to recognize that it kind of started here uh so yeah the developing the most insane and seemingly impossible courses has kind of become like a a a sport like an extreme sport in the video game and that had already existed because this is kind of like building on the idea of rom hacks like if you look through rom hack databases like mario games I'm sure there's more ROM hacks for Mario games than any other franchise oh, I'm sure. of like original Mar like that was probably the first game that was modded was like oh we're gonna put boobs on Mario <laughs> and like 
That's like half of the drawbacks. Or like, is, is, is that, is that a mod? I'm sure I, it is. I want to play boobs on Mario. <laughs> You're replacing all the Goombas with penises. Like that's how. Just literally Google starts. Mario boobs. You're yeah. good. You're, you're, you're going to find an embarrassment. The Goombas are penises. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, but the like, this is something that had always been a part of these games as soon as people sort of figured out that there was a way to do this. And so it is cool that Nintendo's like, hey, there's clearly this market and this energy for people who want to do it. Let's just make it easier on them and monetize it for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Now, at least, if you go into those ROM hacks, the creators of those ROM hacks are all also creating things mm. in, in Mario Maker and vice versa. One of the biggest creators in Mario Maker named uh, Barbarous King um, started with Mario Maker and is now making ROM hacks. Okay. Oh, so interesting. It has a lot of because I do feel like that is kind of the origins of like the genre of just insane difficult was people like Kaizo Mario is like the term for something that's just designed to be incredibly difficult. Yeah. And I think those did start as ROM hacks. I mean, we get a lot of those here. So the, the cool thing that this game does is that you need to be able to beat your own level before you can upload it online. Uh, and so some of the really insane ones take an extremely long time to do. There was a developer named Go Saigen who spent more than 125 hours creating a course and then another 450 hours just attempting to upload it. So you'll, there, you'll, was a, you'll, there was a guy who created the hardest course ever and was still trying to upload it when the server shut down. I read about that, yeah. He was never able to do a thousand something hours trying to get that. He could do individual parts of the course, but he could not do the whole thing together. Yeah, because you, you only have to beat it once and then you can upload it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you get some crazy ones. We watched one, uh, a few by uh, Pangea Panga, who's kind of one of the bigger, like, insane Mario Maker developers. And they've got some, like, one of his uh, is called P-Break, which is using, like, P-Blocks to kind of make your way through. Only 100 people have beaten that out of a 4 million trying. Yeah, a lot of these uh, levels, they have, like, the completion rate is, like, 0.01%. Yeah, yeah, everything will list you a, a completion rate and, like, tell you how many people have attempted to play it. Uh, but regardless, like extreme Mario Maker videos are just like some of my favorite YouTube rabbit holes to fall down. It's always really fun. So, yeah, the servers for this game were officially shut down in March of this year. Uh, and you get like you said, you can still access them if you get online, but uh, you can't upload games for them anymore. But Mario Maker 2 is still going strong. And that one doesn't honestly add too, too much more than what this one does. Yeah. It adds a lot. So it has a whole new style. It has um, the 3D world style. Yeah. It adds a ton of enemies. So it has all of the Koopa kids. It has Wiggler. Or I mean, it has uh, Pokies. It has um, all sorts of things like that. It has a lot more power-ups. Yeah. It has um, slopes. Everybody loves slopes. Oh, you can slide okay. down oh, things. Um, it, it's, it's more of like a very, very robust expansion because it doesn't like change the formula anything yeah. but it you'd be surprised how much content there isn't in mario maker one that there is in mario maker 2. and i think that's a good observation it doesn't change up the formula and i think that's because this game really does it well like there's so let's talk about the level creation real yeah. quick of just you get you get your gamepad your wii u gamepad you pull out that stylus and then you just kind of there's like a pretty decent sized just black screen with a goal the goal at one end the start at the other and you just select the block that you want to put in or enemy and you just drag it in there with the stylus and you can very easily like make a whole line of blocks by just dragging the stylus across it to it totally works exactly how you would want it to 
See, and like it has all sorts of cool stuff. If you want a big enemy, you just pull a mushroom over to him, put it in, and the enemy's huge. If you want to put an enemy on top of another, just stick them on top, and then they work as a super enemy. Like the whole thing is not like like computer programming. You're not like missing a parentheses here, and the whole thing crashes. Yeah. You just you want a Goomba, you got a Goomba, and you put him right there. Um, I did have a problem because no matter which style we chose, none of the Goombas look like they were supposed to. Like in the movie, they have like... Oh, yeah. They, sure. None of them play the harmonica. <laughs> they should look like Mojo Nixon. Yeah, yeah. Like the Bowsers also look completely off. I wasn't quite sure like why they decided to go so far away from the <laughs> Yeah, the source material. I the know, Dennis yeah. Hopper slimy lawyer look that we all know and love Bowser for. <laughs> Dennis Hopper coked up with cornrows yeah. as, as we all love him to be. Yep. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. Like... The game creation engine here is insanely intuitive and simple and fun. Like I like I said I struggled to get into games like this and this one just makes it so easy. It takes all the guesswork out so really you don't need to focus on digging through multiple menus or like looking for a lot of complicated like features or things to do. It's all spelled out very easily for you. And, the, and I love that. The thing that is so cool is by starting it as like the main goal is that it's just going to be intuitive. You might think, oh, it can't be very deep. You know, like with the StarCraft like level editor, I remember you were able to like have your units move here and then like have the camera shit program in like a camera shift to a whole different area of the level. Like you can't do something like that here. But then you watch some of these videos online and you realize how creative people can be with the tool set that they're given. Yeah. And and the secret to that, and I was reading about this at one point, the secret to that is every single item in the game interacts with every other item in a unique way. Yeah. Um, like back when you guys were doing a Dwarf Fortress thing, and then it, that's a completely different game, but like the secret to that game and all of its complexity was that every single item programmed into Dwarf Fortress interacts with everything else uniquely, and that's the same thing here. So you only have like... 60 to 100 items but if a shell bounces off of a spring but so does a bowser bounce off of the spring and the spring itself bounces off of other springs then all of a sudden you can make all of these complicated machines because each one of them works as one piece of a larger machine. So the complexity, like even though you, like you said, yeah, 60 to 100 items is not that many items that you can put in a game. No. But it grows exponentially if they all interact with each other differently. Yeah. And they really do. And you see some really weird stuff. Like I loved seeing uh, there, there, you can make the cannons like spit chain chomps at you, like just to make them extra crazy and make everything giant or make everything tiny or make things be inside other things that explode when you hit them. Like it, there's just a whole hell of a lot you can do. Now I do need to highlight the one issue I had with this game just from a, for our purposes on this show, so this game puts a weird kind of gatekeeping lock on your progress. The, it wants you to check in every day. And so in order to encourage that, all of your elements and your themes and your stages are kind of meted out slowly over the course of nine days. You have to check in once a day, play at least for five minutes, and then you'll get the next thing sent along to you tomorrow. These are like fairly big chunks of content. Like a lot. Yeah. That And it, but I, I only just started up playing this two days ago. So there's a lot that I, we just didn't see. There's just a lot that we can't see. So I like it as an educational tool. I get what they're doing. They want you to learn how to program this gradually. Like each row of items that you get with each passing day is just a little bit more complex and just a little more interesting. But 
for our purposes, it's very annoying, and I felt like I was missing out a lot of on the the. Nintendo very want very much wants you to play games as they Nintendo, um, <laughs> and that feels like what they're doing here. Like they want you to be introduced to these items. They don't want you to go wild without playing it their way first. Yeah. And part of one of these features that I do think is cool, because you had talked about earlier how you want things to be colorful and like look very distinct, which was kind of a dig we had on Little Big Planet. But here you get palette swaps for different era, eras of Mario, which is a lot of fun. Can you, but you all, you can't combine items, right? Like you can't have the Tanuki suit if you use like Super Mario World style, right? No, you can't. Um, they. Every one of them has the fire flower. Right. Um, but that's because that appeared in all of those games initially. And then each different style has its own power-ups. They tend to all have a third power-up. So um, so the Tanuki or the cape or the helicopter oh, yeah. hat. Um, I think what they're going to do in the third one is I think they're going to do a lot more mix and match between. That would be cool. They, the, the problem I, with that is they would have to design new sprites of like, what does NES Mario look like if he has a cape? Right. I think what would be brilliant is if they just let you drag in a Super Mario World sprite into the end. Oh, you're right. That would Ooh, that be would very be chaos. Cool. Yeah, yeah. that's true. I I did. I, I like that some elements that don't exist in the earlier mod. So the four different skins you get here are original Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 3, Super Mario World, and then new Super Mario Brothers U. So you get four different eras of the game uh, that all look very distinctly different. But yeah, so in some instances, like you can take like a boo, which didn't exist in the original Mario Brothers and put it in there and it works like you get a nice little boo sprite, which is great. But you can't do something like if you have the yellow blocks that you need to do your spin jump to get through. You can't put that in Mario one or three because he can't spin jump, can't spin jump. Yeah, can't do it. So, yeah, you think that he like just forgot how to do it. And like, like if the games take place in the order that they chronologically that we play them in like did he learn the spin jump halfway through and then like in new super mario brothers he's just like i don't need that anymore <laughs> I just, or it just made him too sick and he's like i can't keep doing that it's the he's, same he's, thing with like he's old he's been like yeah. drinking a lot he's now. like snake in metal gear solid 4 <laughs> <laughs> old yeah. old mario yeah, there you go or this uh, you know it's just the, it's met- <laughs> it's just like metroid or- warfare has changed <laughs> It's just like Metroid. There's always something that happens on off, off screen that like makes them destroy all of their equipment and just maybe it's like Austin Powers and like someone back and stole his mojo and his mojo is oh sure it was Elmer Fudd. We know that now. Uh, went all the way back to become the new Doctor Evil. Uh, I'm still on that movie. It's insane. Um, yeah, that was in the new Space Jam. That movie is a is a sight to behold. It is, a, it is a shit show. Yes. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, I made a couple of levels that, uh, for you guys to mess around and with you know before what, I got Steve? here. I didn't have a lot of faith. When you said, because a couple weeks, when we were recording earlier this week, you said, hey, when you guys come over, I'll have some levels ready for you. And I'm going to be honest, I didn't have a lot of faith in the quality of what those levels were going to be like. And, and you, you exceeded them. Hey, yeah, no, I'm you, above bare minimum. Yeah, you did, you did a good job. I also want to point out that Steve did a great job, given that his items were basically brick block, piranha plant, Goomba and pipe and pipe and with only the two skins you get the super mario brothers and the new super mario brothers skin that's all you have to begin he with he didn't even have like invisible blocks there's no bowsers there's no way to 
But you had like a level that like said, you know, you had drawn out like a U and a 64 as like platforming blocks and it looked good and it was like a fairly challenging level, but it didn't feel unfair. Well, and and it's, it's, I tried to do kind of a linear progression. You can see as you go through the save games, like they get weirder and more complex, Mm -hmm. like as you go on because you get more comfortable. But the first level I made is just basically a get from point A to point B, which is some big gaps. But like it felt good and it felt like Mario. It didn't feel like a bad ROM hack where you're like, this game just doesn't look or feel the way it's supposed to. And obviously that makes sense because you're using the official sprites and actual Mario programming. Yeah. And also Steve is a professional. Yeah, I'm a Steve professional. Is a professional. I, I make the but big But then bucks I was like, Steve, how, how long did this level take you? And you're like, oh, it took me like 15 minutes. Yeah. And that was just, that was very, like, that speaks highly to the quality of the game. You can just stick around for a little bit and make it, you know? And then by the time I got to my third level, I'm making like super claustrophobic, like pipe mazes that keep spitting mushrooms out of every pipe to keep you big enough to make it difficult to walk through the pipes. And like, I don't know. They, they, there's there's a lot of fun stuff you can do even with the most basic tool set. And I am the exact opposite of a programmer. Like I do not have a, a head for this kind of thing. So it's it's really a testament to this game's like usability that I was able to get something fun and playable out of these. And I think what's so cool about it and part of the reason it's easy to get into these Mario Maker uh, video holes is that there's so many di- people design different kinds of games here. Like Obviously, the the immediate thing you go to is like these uber challenging things where people are bouncing off and catching other things on the air and bouncing that shell off and then jumping off there, which are crazy fun to watch. But there's also games that are essentially like puzzle games yeah. where you're like, go through this door and then come back and it will trigger a different enemy to fall. And you just kind of are get stuck a lot and are playing this over and over. And it, it can be very like weird and trolly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's this whole genre of troll games, of troll levels now, which are basically meant to kill you over and over in funny ways as you try and get further through the level by learning the proper way to do it. And it's very much like a puzzle. Like, And there's even some where you don't play the game at all. Like, you you just stand in one place, and, like, the level is designed to push the screen forward, so Mario will just basically jump off a bunch of enemies in this very cool way, and you feel super cool, even though you never touch the controller. One of the streamers I watched uh, always jokes that he's going to let his chair play a level when he needs to take a break, and he, like, turns on one of those and leaves the chair there, and, like... And then the chair plays through That's the whole That's really level. cute. And some of them, I think I've even noticed, like, they try to tell a story. Like, they have a little narrative there of, like, maybe you're Mario running through, and there's, like, w- shapes or words being spelled out or enemies interacting in an area you can't interact with. Um, so that's really cool, too. Yeah. Someone just, like, Mario goes to the grocery store. Exactly, yeah, which is definitely what you want to see. Oh, uh, there was a great one where there were two... Koopas that fell in love and like you watch them fall in love and you watch them have a baby Koopa and then you had asked you had let out a ghost earlier in the level and the ghost comes and kills them both okay and then you need to get revenge for the baby to on the ghost and you kill it and then you see at the end them as dry bones oh wow <laughs> and it's it's adorable but you can do all sorts of like narrative stuff like that and the without the end so yeah to come back to the game itself that we played here like without the internet there's not there's not a ton of game here. Like, um, you have that very good creation engine still, and you can play it with your friends. And then there is also like a 10 live mode, it's called, which basically puts you, just gives you a variety of eight built in levels 
that are very short and sort of demonstrate one aspect or weird approach to this game. Yeah. And, and like, I had a lot of fun playing those levels because they were all always pretty weird and always kind of fun. And they're different every time you play them. Like yeah. they're always going to be cycling through and like, and I have no idea how many of those built in levels there are, um, that cycle through, but yeah, this is certainly, this game is in a weird spot of being like, I really do like this game and think it was really neat, but like, I don't quite know why you would go for the Wii U version at this point. Well, I have heard one argument, okay. which is that, and there, the level creation on the Wii U is actually much better than on the Switch. Okay. Uh, the controls are very unintuitive on the Switch, and I think it comes from them trying to make it so two people could make things together. Oh, okay. um, but also the Switch is a much smaller screen. They haven't designed it as easily to use the touch screen. Yeah, does this, the Switch doesn't have a stylus, does it? I'm, no, it yeah. doesn't have a stylus. Okay. They don't have the same menu. You have to go through these like circular things to pick up the item, and it's hard to see all the items that you have. I will say this this is maybe the best use of the gamepad we've seen so far because it, it just it feels like the right tool for this job. Like, yes. yeah, it just absolutely feels right. Like, yeah, it, it's big enough that you can t kind of draw and still look at it and yeah and that's what's wonderful about it because like this game really makes an argument for the wii u as like a thing because you couldn't have this you can kind of have it on the switch but like for the most part this game can't really have been imagined without the wii u yeah. and my like my grand like conspiracy of the wii u is that when they were coming up with it the designers came to miyamoto and they were like we've got nintendo land we've got game and wario we've got Mario Maker. Look at all the cool ways we can make we can use this like handheld thing. And like Miyamoto's wowed, and he's like, okay, put that into production. And then someone asks, okay, but how else are you going to use it? And they're like, oh, maybe maybe Link has an iPad or something. Sure. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, why not? Like that seems fine. And then like they get to all the like the third party games, and they're like, I don't know, maybe the map goes there. Fine. And like. I don't think anyone thought past like those three games yeah. and they saw how brilliant those three games were and didn't realize that like not every game can be like this hyper interesting creative use of a game. It's like when you, you build something with the gamepad in mind, it's a very cool feature. But when you try to shoehorn the gamepad into something that's not built for it, it just feels weird. And then I, I will say too, like, this it feels weird playing original Mario on this giant gamepad. It's the yeah. same complaint I always make, but it just you you feel like you're dying a lot more than you intend to because your hands are so awkwardly spaced. And Aaron also did point out that there is like an almost imperceptible lag between what you're seeing on the gamepad and what you're oh, seeing yeah. on the screen. This is the first time this has ever come up. Like I've never noticed it, but we noticed it when we were trying to hit some springboards in this. Like your timing needs to be kind of precise to hit those springboards just right. And if you're looking at the screen the tv screen you're you're going to kind of consistently miss it uh and it's just it, yeah it's barely noticeable but it is there it's weirdly magic because like you'll look at the tv screen and you'll push the button when you're bouncing on it and you'll never get a high bounce and all you have to do is just look downwards at the game screen and then when you hit it you mat and you feel like you're doing the exact same thing but you get lot but you get large jumps every single time yeah, well and it's I, very bizarre i love that this game can be played entirely on the gamepad and it's kind of designed to do so like just so you can kind of idly like sketch and draw but there is one element i want to point out that i think is kind of a brilliant little masterstroke and that's the music all right because i and and it, it sounds kind of goofy but 
as I was playing the game with the music on, basically you've got like kind of a beat going on and just like kind of a low, some low tones, but you're not getting the melody until you start creating, until you start drawing in mm. different items and you're getting these cute little like auto-tune noises. And after a while, I found myself just kind of drawing land masses just to get the music going. And then after a few minutes of that, I realized like, okay, shit, I've got like a level here. I can start <laughs> tweaking this and like, so I thought that was just a really brilliant way to synthesize these different creative streams, just kind of like get you out of your own head and get you creating. So I would say like, yeah, while it's designed to be played on the gamepad solely, like play it with some music a little bit because it really enhances the experience for me. That reminds me, have you seen any music levels in Mario Maker 1? No, I haven't. So another brilliant little touch they did is the music blocks, you know, that you bounce off of and they make a note. They make a different note depending on how high they are in level. Oh, um, nice. Just like Mario Paint. Yeah. And people make auto-scrollers where they have something drop onto the note as soon as it spawns. And they are able to create these incredibly elaborate songs at first, when they first started appearing, they were just like auto Mario levels. He was just like pushed across the bottom as the music played. Now what people do is they make plat hard platformers that are you're platforming on an auto scroll as the complicated song is playing. But you get things like the final countdown or like mm -hmm. Castlevania themes. Like it's really, really creative and almost mind boggling. There's a creator named Composer who that's all he does and he's the best. Is there a composer named Creator? Because <laughs> there should be. There. Tyler the Creator. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's, he's a composer. He's a composer. Um, yeah, I think we've kind of gone through all of the basic features here. Do we have any other thoughts on, uh, on Super Mario Maker? we have anything else? One thing I think is really interesting here is that Nintendo's always had a weird, like, like relationship with the internet and with its fans yeah. like nintendo for a long time during the wii u period even and and the wii period didn't let people post on youtube clips of its games mm. because it didn't want people to like steal those things and like that kind of shot them in the foot because then if streamers can't play it they don't get free advertising right. but like what's really interesting to me about mario maker is it's nintendo finally getting gaming as it is in the modern age it's a game designed as much to be watched online as it is to be played and just the idea that you can make a level and if your level is good enough your favorite celebrity online will play it and enjoy it and other people will see it like that's brilliant that creates an entirely different dimension to this that gets people interacting it with it with it in ways that people would never interact with um, Super Mario 3D World sure, yeah. or, or Nintendo Land or something like that. I mean, I mean, that does seem to be true. Like, that is now the dream for all companies is what we need to... The most important thing we can do is foster a community here because the community will feed itself. If you have streamers that are playing it, that'll just keep people totally invested in the game. And so, like, it's community above all. And, yeah, Nintendo does seem to have shy, has shied away from that for a long time. And so in some ways, it was surprising that it took them so long to make a Mario Maker, considering it seems like it would be a fairly intuitive thing. But I'm glad that it did take them this long because they really did do it right. And it's like, in, like you're pointing out, like now every game wants to have that sort of community. Then that's why you get the bullshit like multiplayer on uh, Metal Gear Solid Five. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That like no one wants to play and no one has an interest in playing, and yet for some reason they spent hundreds of development hours instead on of that, finishing instead of the, actual the actual story. story. Yeah, 
Or like uh, Final Fantasy XV did the same goddamn thing. They had that online multiplayer thing that could have just been an extra chapter in the game that would have finished that game. Yeah. Well, I I really enjoyed my experience with Super Mario Maker. Uh, let's move on to our rankings and talk about that a little bit. So yeah, each week we are ranking the different games that we have just played. I will kick us off with this uh, with maybe a hot take. I don't sure. know. Um, I, I think this game is fantastic. I think any game creation system that gets me involved in it and gets me actually kind of thinking like this is really cool. I love the creativity that it's fostered. I love the idea. I love the intuitiveness of it. And uh, uh, granted that this version is a little hamstrung by not having the internet, but I think you are still seeing... Just a huge amount of creativity here. It kind of warms my heart. I'm making this number one. Nice. I'm making this my new number one. Sorry, Shovel Knight. Your reign of terror has ended. <laughs> you are now number two underneath Super Mario Maker, the current best game on the Wii U. Whoa. Whoa. You know what, Steve? You've convinced me. I'll go number one, too. Yeah. Yeah. All um, right. Yeah, like Super Mario 3D World, it's, it's a fun Mario game. Yeah, I, no, it's I, good. I had a nice time playing it, but not necessarily like... I wouldn't watch YouTube videos of it. I wouldn't no. be excited by the creative potential of people. Like, do, I don't know. It's like, I guess I would rather, if I had to just play levels of games, I guess I would rather play Super Mario 3D World. Mm -hmm. But this game is such like a more fully featured thing of like, it's just the concept is exciting to me. And it's exciting to think that, oh, here's something that they'll build upon in like, they're going to be making Mario Maker games for ever oh yeah, <laughs> and yeah. It's, it's always cool when nintendo hits on a new a new franchise and a new thing that they can do with it yeah and it's just gonna get kind of cooler and more refined and weirder from here which is great uh I'm, I'm excited by the possibilities of what's gonna come with this series maybe we'll get mario maker ultimate and they'll just keep adding characters from other franchises in until there's a hundred characters and kazuya is throwing them all off of a I mean, that would be kind of awesome. I mean, it's Mario I, Maker, but every Nintendo character. Yeah, I mean... Oh, oh Mario Maker 2 has uh, Link. Yeah, so I mean, isn't yeah. that, that's what we get eventually, right? Just Nintendo Maker, and you can just pick, like, you want it to Let's be, face like, it, it'll just be Fire Emblem Maker. Yeah. It's just, you know, let's, yeah. No one actually plays Fire Emblem. Yeah, that, that's your other hot I think take. that people sometimes talk about Fire Emblem. Some people lie that they have played Fire Emblem. No one actually plays I Fire Emblem. i every one of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah sure you have. It's just an in-depth money laundering <laughs> <laughs> no, I have also played a lot of Fire Emblem. Yeah, but. yeah. Um, yeah, did you have anything else, Aaron? We I, I, I would say, I mean, it's my only game on the Wii U, but I feel like it's also the only game on the Wii U. Um, yeah. So, like, I would, I think it's hard to not say that it's number one. I feel like it's the game that justifies the Wii U's existence. I feel like it was the only reason I had ever even considered buying a Wii U. Um, it has a game that is like near limitless content and sometimes that's dumb like in metal gear solid 5's case like you don't always need infinite content out of a game but i do feel here it's a game that you could keep playing over and over and over and still getting enjoyment out of it most definitely well aaron thank you so much for being here and for lending your expertise uh we really appreciate it um do you have anything to plug or promote anyone anything you want people to check out um so if you are into extremely niche discussions of beta Pokemon development, <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking are. about. I have a website called the uh, Crypto Dex where I go through um, the early designs that were leaked of early gold, silver Pokemon. I'm sure there's like maybe one person out there that even has a 
I'm <laughs> guessing after this podcast, there'll be two. Yeah, there you go. I bet, there, I bet there's one person who listens to this who is very interested in early designs of Pokemon. So I've got that. I'm a, I'm a doctor of history. and So if you're interested in history, check well, that out. I guess my point is, like, here's my dumb, like, hobby on the side that, if, that I'm going to use my, like, 10 years of training in history to look at, like, obscure design documents for Pokemon that were bad in the first place and never made it into the final and tell you little stories about them. So, so You might have three, because I'm definitely going to check out this website, too. It sounds pretty fun. My favorite early design that never made it was Fucky, the Pokemon that's dumb. Yeah, they, they, they scrapped that one. I don't know why. Fucky, the Pokemon that fucks its evolution was <laughs> not good. That, that was a way that worse one. Was one. Way that was way worse, worse one. My but... question is how many, I imagine that there's a lot of Pokemon that started on that chopping room floor that have made it into little things, like little later games are like, what if we had a keychain as a Pokemon? <laughs> or what if a Pokemon was an ice cream cone? And they're like, no, that's terrible. And then like five games and they're like, well, what about that ice cream cone Pokemon? It's sounding pretty good now. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We are Ultra 64 Podcast on all the different social media sites. Tune in next week. Oh, there's no uh, Prince Valiant this week? Oh, well, there could be. Well, there could be Prince Yeah. It's right behind you, my friend. I mean, we're, we're time shifted, so we're just going to have to remember not to record one for our episode from last okay, week that we're ahead of. The fans need this. And so are you actually, do you actually enjoy the Prince Valiant? It doesn't seem like a waste I of mean, everyone's time. Well, I mean, like... Yeah, but I guess the same could be said of the I'm podcast not, as a whole. Sure of all podcasts as a whole. Ironically enjoying it or actually enjoying it, but I definitely am enjoying it on one We level. should really bookmark this book because it's getting much harder to remember where the hell we are. Make up our own comic and like you could just narrate something and Woody and uh, Steve could make like wind noise. Sure. And then, like, <laughs> okay. I don't here, think anyone claim for my Foley work. Yeah. Um, he, I think we're here. Uh, we're at the Witch's Hobble. Aaron, do you want to read Prince Valiant? I would, I would love to read Prince Valiant. Okay, it's this one on the right. Yeah. Okay, it's made by Harold. And he should tell. I think it tells us what happened last week, right? At the yeah, start. So previously on. Previously, Prince Valiant was attacked. It says is attacked, but I'm putting it in past tense for ease of Thank listening. You. It would be confusing without that. Prince Valiant was attacked by a strange monster that he beat severely did we already do this one maybe i think it's the next one oh my god this is (laughs) death this is this bit is for what it's worth the podcast has ended feel free to stop friends (laughs) prince valiant while exploring the fens invaded the domain of horrit the witch and was this time it is in past tense i'm not really sure what um, anyway and was attacked by her son the monster thorg Thorg was terribly beaten, and three days elapsed before Val returned him to the starving witch. And here's a picture of Val hiding with some ducks <laughs> under some undergrowth. Sure. And the, next, and the next one, Val is, like, cooking something. He's cooking them ducks. He's cooking that I meth. hope so. While Val is preparing enough game to last until Thorg's recovery, Horrit limps up. Horrit has, like, uh, like, a hoodie and like a dress made out of reeds. She, maybe he said, probably she says, tonight I'll show you your future. She cackles. <laughs> oh, she doesn't say it. She cackles it. I'm sorry. Tonight I'll show you your future. Thank you. Thank you. It's hard to talk and cackle. It is. There is no greater sorrow for man than to know his future. Now, pretty boy, says Horat that night, gaze into the peat embers and I will tell you what is in store for you. Is peat different than like charcoal? 
Yeah, Peat is like, like moss. moss. Yeah, oh, okay. it's like moss. very, uh, it's very moist moss. Uh, a stranger horror comes over valleys. He gazes into the fire. Already your greatest sorrow awaits you, shrills Horat gleefully. Now look and see what else will befall. The glare of the coals makes him dreamy, but faintly at first he sees a warrior in full armor. Does it make him like good looking? Is that what dreamy is? <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a dreamy warrior. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in full armor. This guy has a big beard and a, a horse. He doesn't mention the horse. Is the horse also dreamy? Uh, yeah, like how how would you rate this horse on a scale of yeah, one describe to dreamy? The physical it's not Mister Ed. Oh, it's not Mister. Wait, is like, Mister Ed an attractive horse? Is he like the top of the scale? Oh, yeah, see, okay. I always saw Mister Ed as kind of like a like a goofy character actor, like a Don Knotts of horses. <laughs> We've gotten sidetracked. I'm losing. Wow, the plot. I just kill. I just killed the podcast no, dead no, in its tracks with that comment. That. Not that it's not a dead All right, All right. we're almost done. We're almost done. What? And by almost, I mean half. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right, speed to the last panel, because just go to the last panel. Then castles and glittering armies, battles and much fine fighting. A king and queen, that stupid Arthur and his flighty wench Guinevere spat the witch. Uh, Guinevere looks nice. I'd put her up. You would rank her as dreamy. Better than the horse? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and you will confront the unicorn, the dragon, and the griffin, black man and yellow. That's probably not. Wow. Um, Racist. You will have high adventure, but nowhere do I see happiness and contentment. Now go, she screams. Go, because you have brought Thorg back to me, because great sorrow awaits you. I let you go. But haste, ere I remember what you did to my baby. That was Thorg. And curse you with a foul disease. With difficulty, Val plunges through the swamp to his canoe and, sick with fear, paddles madly towards home. Next week, the prophecy is fulfilled. Wow. Dun, dun, dun. Quick prophecy to fulfillment of prophecy. Lots of, lots of yeah. stuff. I don't know. I mean, like, I feel like it's going to take a while for him to meet Guinevere. Who knows? Who, who even knows? There's who even still, knows? like, 50 years, 70 years left of Prince Valiant comics oh, to make. Oh, sake. yeah, yeah. We might make it all the way through Wii Universe before we finish. I, oh, we definitely, oh, we definitely will. will. Maybe that even that first book at the rate we're going. <laughs> All right. For the two people still listening to the podcast. Yes, we're, we're going to end it now. Thanks for listening. Uh, next week, we are playing NBA 2K13. We're going back to sports. One of our only four sports games on this Ooh. console. So uh, I'm excited to see that one. Check us out for NBA 2K13 next week. Goodbye. <laughs>